0: Back to another episode of Hashtag Girl Gamer. And today we have a super awesome guest, Justine. And she is a senior game artist for NYC Studio called Digital Continue. And she is working on console and PC games. This is so exciting. Let's welcome in Justine, everybody. Hi,
1: Justine. So, quick question. What is your favorite game and what is it about? Mm, that's a loaded question. Uh, I think my favorite title has to be... If I can give three of them, the Mass Effect trilogy by Bioware. Have you ever played it? No. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi RPG sort of open-ish world game where you you walk around and you're you play as Commander Shepard, who's like this strong, tough. I played as the lady Shepard because she's <laughs> awesome. Um, this t- strong, like rebellious woman who kind of has to like save the galaxy, but along the way Ooh. you pick up this whole like. Group of awesome people, and you kind of have to save the galaxy with you and your friends, and it's super great. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. What are the, what are the other two titles? Uh, they're it's the trilogy. Of oh, the, it's yeah, trilogy? there's like three games oh. within the trilogy. They actually launched a new one, which that's all right It's pretty good not, not the greatest one but it was a worthy sequel perhaps <laughs> you played all three of them yeah, yeah yeah I've played them all multiple times it's kind of an addiction but it's been pretty great it's okay
0: yeah one of my favorite games is also like a trilogy not even a trilogy it's like six games of it oh my gosh like, what one is it uh, the Fatal Fr- Frame series oh my gosh yeah oh that's a long God. one <laughs> yeah but I love all of them and I think I ha- if I had to choose a favorite I don't think I would be able to I think I enjoyed all of them plus they all go together
1: yep that's the series like I can't I have to say the trilogy because like they all have great things about them that i love them all so (laughs) (laughs) all right so so what part of like the game did you like the most? Uh, I'm a really big RPG fan and I'm a really big sci-fi fan so I think that that game married the two super great um, in a way that like you have that cool idea of like exploring space like the new frontier like I'm a big astronomy nerd too like I took um, astronomy classes and it kind of like hit all the nostalgia points of space but I'm also a cool explorer and I get to go make friends with aliens and it's always like that super fun part of discovery for me which is my favorite part about games is new experiences and things that uh, are kind of unexpected. I love to see that in games and indie games and just things that allow me to explore places that I might not never get to go. Yeah, that's crazy. That sounds like a fun. What was the name again? <laughs> it was called Mass Effect. It's, it's, by Mass Effect. Bi- it's from Bioware. Um, they um, do a lot of RPG games as well, like Dragon yeah. Age, if you've ever heard of that.
0: No, um, I barely
1: play some RPGs, but I've like been
0: trying to find a really good one where I can niche with, and I'm like, yes, this is what it is. Mean. There are so many RPGs,
1: and <laughs> so they're all really awesome. It's like my favorite subset of games. So um, I'm actually playing through uh, the game Horizon Zero Dawn right now, which is another, it's a PlayStation exclusive, um, um, kind of like sci-fi dystopian RPG, which is super great. Um, but they're all really awesome, and if you definitely want to sink hours and hours and hours into oh a game, God. open world RPGs are your bet. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, so good question. Do you play your games on a console or on PC?
1: Uh, I prefer consoles. I re- usually play on an Xbox, but I just mm-hmm. got my first PlayStation since like the PlayStation 2, oh. which is really awesome, so I bought a PS4 with Spider-Man on it, which I'm oh. actually really excited to yeah, play. I playing that game. Uh, yeah, I know, I know quite a few people who worked on it, so for me it's like oh. super inspiring to see what my friends have done. Um, so I really want to play it, but I ended up playing Horizon Zero Dawn instead <laughs> because, like, that's totally my niche and totally what I would love to see, so. Yeah. Um, but I do prefer console over PC just because I work all day on a computer and kind of the uh, last thing I want to do is come home and play yeah. on a computer. Uh, so for me, it's always that nice, like, separation where it feels like this is game time and I get to sit on my couch and just bed out and play games. I see, I see. So when did you, okay, what made you get into video games? Ooh, Uh, I think the standard answer, which I'm sure you'll probably hear from a lot of people, is the website Neopets. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, you might be a little young, but it used to be uh, uh, an online, like, pet caretaking website, or, like, you raised, like, these little cute creatures. It reminds me of the DS, with like, (laughs) the pets. Yeah, (laughs) it's, like, you raised them, and you played, like, a whole bunch of mini games, and I kind of grew up, Using a computer so for me a lot of my gaming experiences were through mm-hmm. a computer because I couldn't really afford consoles Like I I honestly bought my first console when I was in a full adult like I just mm-hmm. didn't grow up with them um, So I, I didn't have as early on as a as a thing to games as most people um, But I did play like Neopets. I had a few PC games like the sim games way back Ooh. in the day like sim park <laughs> and Roller Coaster tycoon and those are all like really big influences for me when I was growing up um, but I didn't yeah, I I think I had to make friends strategically who had consoles to go over their oh, house and play yeah. because like I just didn't have them. So I played Pokemon at a friend's house, you know, I played um like the old uh what was the game? The Pokemon Stadium and like Tony Hawk with like my friends who had like a N sixty four. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, oh, I family. think like my friends helped me get into it. Um, but then I really only started getting into games when I was in college. I went to a tech school and mm-hmm. I was surrounded by people who played MMOs and yeah. played all these games. So for me, naturally, I started playing like MMOs with my roommate, and we would stay up until like. 6 a.m. before class <laughs> and would really regret it oh because we were God. playing an MMO all night. Um, but that really started, like, my love of games was just yeah. playing with friends and being social in that regard. And, and it just kind of went from there.
0: Yeah. So that's fun, though. MMOs are always a great thing to do. The grind, it's important. important. <laughs>
1: it's like, do you want to sacrifice all of your life, like, grinding weird unicorn parts? Go for it. <laughs> like, you always have to collect the weirdest oh shit. But God. it's honestly super fun, and I, I really loved, like, playing them. Um, And I put so many hours into yeah. one that was called Allods, which oh. people never play. It was always WoW, but I always played this one. It was, like, a Russian MMO, and it was it was just super fun. It was, like, a really... Good social feeling for me, and I kind of did that with Minecraft as well. Okay, yeah, I love Minecraft. (laughs) Can we
0: not get Minecraft? I can spend hours making a castle. It's just like I need to do this. It looks so creative.
1: Yeah, it's creative, but it's it's kind of you would imagine like, oh, how can I explore a place of just literal cubes? But then like the natural like landmarks that that game makes on its own is super cool, and it's it's really it's really unlike any other game and we used to play it for hours in college and I have a fond memory of the last day of college when we were graduating we had all of our furniture moved out but we had like 12 friends come over and sit in an empty living room and we all played Minecraft oh. and that was just kind of like our last day together which was super bittersweet but oh. it was honestly super fun and I you know that was like the the turning point of like going into my games career which was pretty cool so it's a good way to bookend it so, so let's say, just say Minecraft was the,
0: was the thing that made you.
1: Yes, Minecraft
0: is what made me do it. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so when did you realize there were career options in the gaming industry?
1: Ooh, very late on. Like, I, I guess I knew that people had to have made games because yeah. they were there. So this was just a thing that someone had to make. But I honestly didn't know that there was, like, a whole career, that there were a bunch of people out there in yeah. studios making games. Like, I just never thought of it as... You know like as legitimate as a doctor or a yeah. um, yeah, nurse you know I just didn't think about that so I only really knew once I got into like my second year in college because uh, I was going to study animation. That was what I went to school for. Um, mm-hmm. So even in school, I didn't know that games were a thing. Yeah. Um, and then I found out that our school had a game design program. And my my trajectory was I was going to go into mobile games. Because yeah. that was the point where Farmville on Facebook was a big deal. <laughs> um, which led into like Candy Crush and all these mobile games. Um, yeah. So I went to school for art. And of course, you go to school for art. Everyone's like, oh, you won't get a job. There's no jobs yeah. out there. You're just going to be starving forever. Um, so my, <laughs> my goal <goals>. was right. <laughs> So, so my goal was: how do I take an art profession and make it commercially viable and like find a way to make money from what I want to do? Yeah um, So my natural course was oh I can do mobile games So work for Candy Crush do Angry Birds all those games are kind of at their heyday back when I was graduating so around like 2012 um, So it was it was kind of a cool way to think about well, okay, here's a career with games This is how I get in and my first job was with um a small uh, indie game studio they made this really cult classic game called techno kitten adventure which was this youtube huge deal which was super weird it was like you have a jetpack cat then he flies through like rainbow hill and there's like things flying at you it's super weird wait a second is that like a nyan cat kind of we partnered with the guy oh. who made nyan cat actually i got to meet him which is oh my awesome God. um but we put a nyan cat version of that game online oh. um so it was like super cool It was like peak internet like Cat's Be yeah, memes, you know, was, like... Was, I love it. I remember, like, watching, it I was like, I love this. Uh-huh. So it was, it was that vibe. So that was, like, the first kind of thing I started. Um, but then while I was working there, I started playing more games, and then I kind of realized that, oh, there are other industries out there that make console games, like Nintendo yeah. and PlayStation, and, you know, I just, for me, it just always felt like a foreign entity, like, oh, I can't get in there, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I want to do that, I want to make console games, I want to make PC games, yeah. um, so that was kind of what alerted me that that there's this whole unexplored potential out there, which is really cool. Yeah,
0: definitely. All right, was there anything in specific that actually wanted made you want to get into the game development
1: industry? Um, I mean I I love to play games so I thought it would be very cool like there's there's something unique about doing a career where people have fun with what you do. Um, A lot of jobs are like providing a service or you know just being a small piece of a big company you don't really interact with people but there's something really unique about having people have fun with something that you do which is super great. Um, So just that joy of like the idea that I could like my art could make someone have a good time is really awesome Like I didn't think that that would be (laughs) Um, something I could do So for me that was a pretty profound thing that sort of motivated me to be in at least the entertainment industry And then games just came from playing them with friends and having like positive memories about them
0: Okay, so like I know like game development I have heard that there's like a lot of stuff in it Like you literally can do anything (laughs) What made you choose like exactly like is there
1: like separate arts arts like sectors? Oh, yeah. There's there's so many different pieces of the pipeline, um, especially with a big company where you have people who do gray boxing, which is just mm. laying out how levels look using cubes. There's people yeah. who do texturing and animation, and it's just like a huge, huge yeah. industry where you can't – even people who have been in the industry, there's new stuff coming in every day, yeah. so it's kind of hard to – boil it all down to just the art of video games. Like there's so much, um, but for me personally, I went into 2D animation. So mm-hmm. I, I do know 3D, I know how to model. Um, I actually went to school for it, uh, but I found it to be kind of technical and not really my speed. It's like, mm-hmm. I it felt very procedural. I had to do this very specific thing. And for me, it just didn't feel as uh, creative and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so over time, I've kind of moved into uh, doing concept art um, illustration. So more of like the 2D drawing aspect of games. Um, so I do a lot of the in-game look and feel about how like a 2D game might look. Uh, I do concepts for what the characters in that universe might look like. Um, I do a lot of user interface design, which is like the what the menus look like, what all the different things that you interact with look like. So the benefit of working on a small studio is that I get kind of, I wear 50,000 hats, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> so I do, I'm basically a one-woman art department is what I always joke about. Is like, I'm the only on-team artist. Oh. I'm the only one in my studio. So we have contractors that kind of give us stuff to put into the game, but I'm kind of the one who wrangles it all into one piece. Um, so it's, it, it's intimidating, but it's also super cool to be able to do so many different skills. Um, and you kind of you get to see the full process of this. So you get cool. to see it from concept to shipping. So I do everything from that very first thought of what does this game look like? And then I go into the, okay, now it's on the Steam store. Here's all the graphics that oh. people look at. So it's kind of cool to do like the whole package. Definitely. I feel like that's so exciting
0: to see the whole entire journey. And speaking of journeys, how was your journey of going like into the game development career?
1: Ooh, I think I I <laughs> I think I had one of the softest transitions into a career that anyone has ever had. A lot of people kind of struggle and, you know, look for years and years and don't get a, a job. And I was lucky enough to get an internship. Um, with a studio called 21st Street Games there in Manhattan. Um, And I literally started two days after I graduated. (laughs) So there was no break. (laughs) Like I, I went right from school right into an internship, which was super great. Um, And I worked on the internship for probably about a week or so. And then they were like, do you want a full time job? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> so I got really lucky and I, I, I appreciate And I understand like my privilege there where I got my job pretty easy. Um, and it was kind of crazy to go from student to full-time like salaried worker within like yeah. a week. So that was like my first sort of foray into mobile games specifically. Yeah. Um, and then I worked with them for about a year and a half. Um, and then I moved on to another job at a company called Herotainment where I worked on a kid's uh, Mmo uh, called Herotopia, Ooh. which was super cool. It's, uh, for like eight to twelve year olds, it was about you know dealing with bullying, um, learning mm-hmm. cool facts about the world, and it's kind of like an open online game. So you walk around and you can see other players. You play different games and things like that. Um, and we went on to make mobile games for kids as well um, mm-hmm. for that specific. Kind of, we took an IP from that and translated it into mobile games. And I actually, like, actually, right before I, I left that job, I started art directing an animated show. So I kind of did everything. Oh, no. That was like a catch all job. I was an art director there. So I got to do like a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and then about two years ago, actually, I just celebrated my two year anniversary. I moved on to my current company, Digital Continue. Uh, we're like an indie we're an indie console and PC studio. So yeah. I kind of made that jump from phones into consoles, yeah. um, which was my dream. So I, I got into that yeah. and it was really <laughs> cool, super cool. Um, so I, I moved into that and it's it's honestly been sort of like huge learning curve um, mm-hmm. because going from mobile to console, there's a whole slew of things that you don't think about, like performance and screen size and uh, certification processes yes. for games. Like it's a totally different, totally different ball game. Um, so I've kind of been flying by the seat of my pants a bit because I don't, <laughs> I don't have any senior artists above me in the studio. So I've kind of had to make it up and kind of see, look at other games, look at other things and kind of infer what about those games I can do. So it's kind of been a huge Huge learning process, um, trying to take what I know about games and translate them to a console sense. Um, so it's been really awesome because I feel like I've gotten a lot of hands-on things that yeah. most people don't get. And I'm really grateful for it. And my boss, uh, Joe tringali he actually uh, was the director of a company that made one of my favorite games called Scribble Scribblenauts. It was a really old game on DS where you could summon anything you want into any game by writing it down. So you'd be like a jetpack, and it would show up a jetpack in the game, really? or you could do all these crazy oh things. And God. when he reached out to me on LinkedIn, he was like, uh, "You know, I'm, I'm the director of Mots and I'm making my own studio. Do you do you want to work for us?" And I was like, "Hell yes, I do! Like that's awesome." So it was so cool to like work under someone who. I really respect and you know look up to, and to have like a console experience right in New York, which is incredible. So I got really lucky a lot of times, and I've never had to like search really hard for opportunities, yeah. which is super spoiled and it's yeah. really incredible. Um, nice. But I'm really lucky for it. So I, I bust my ass, and it's nice to kind of see that like come into fruition. So. See,
0: but like you think the thing is you still worked for your, the things that you kind of got into, like it wasn't like you got lucky, you didn't, you didn't stop there, you, you kind of kept going and learning and you're like, alright, I'm going to do the best I can at everything and I think they showed and a lot of people love that when you're really passionate about something, it's just like, yeah, you know this person's <laughs> like going to do great, they're passionate about it, so like, what can, do you have any role models that
1: you look up to? Oh, I have too many. many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a huge... uh, I use Twitter a lot. And I've always surrounded myself with a bunch of people that I look up to. um, A lot of really great artists that I just have always admired and it's really cool to kind of see them getting involved in games because it inspired me to sort of get in games. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favorite artists is Claire Hummel and I actually, back in the DeviantArt days, I don't know if you've ever used DeviantArt. Mm, I have seen it, (laughs) I I love using it. Growing up as a teenager, that was like where I put all my art and I remember seeing a picture from her like, yeah, 15 years ago, a long time ago. And I was like, wow, that's like the coolest picture I've ever seen. And I like, it's still on my DeviantArt, on like my, my gallery loves. And I found out recently that she's actually working in games. And to kind of follow her journey, be like, oh, that was a person I admired and loved. And now I see her working in games. It's so cool to kind of follow your role models into that yeah. sphere. Um, so there's so many artists that I think are like super talented, super great. And I really look up to. So it's kind of nice to have a whole community of people Making cool content because it inspires me to make cool content. And yeah. it, it, that's like the greatest feeling ever is to like aspire to someone and kind of like take what they do and mm-hmm. apply it to sort of what I've been doing.
0: So, a quick question: How, what made you get into art? What made you? made
1: you become an artist Ooh, i don't know i think i always have been drawing my parents always keep like my really old doodles everywhere (laughs) and then every now and again my dad will be like i found this drawing you did when you were like 12 and it's super embarrassing because you're like oh no i was like i drew like a cat lady and she had ears it's just like you know it's always super embarrassing but i think i've just always kind of been a doodler um but I, I guess I wasn't really serious into art until college. Like, I I, I always tell this, like, heart, disheartening story where I went to art school. Uh, I had an art class in high school. And my teacher just kind of told me I wasn't going to get into art school. Um, she was just kind of like, I don't know. You don't really have a good portfolio. I, like, wouldn't apply. And I was like... Okay, so like I applied anyway, and I actually got into the art school that I wanted to go to, but I actually ended up going to RIT instead um, just because I, you know, I just ended up being the better fit for me. So, you know, it's kind of, it, it's kind of hard to go through, you know, your inspiration and have someone tell you, well, you're probably yeah. not going to get there. So it kind of feels nice in retrospect to be like, well, I kind of making a career out of it now, and I'm getting better every year, and it's it's kind of nice to see my own journey from that point, because I look back on high school art yeah. and I'm like, oh, maybe she was right. Like this is pretty bad. <laughs> but you know, the more you practice anything, the better you're going to get at it. So it's been yeah. it's been pretty cool to see sort of how my portfolio and stuff has grown from those little cat drawings to like what I do now. And it's, it's super cool to see that growth in myself. And, you know, I'm grateful for all the people that kind of pushed me to keep doing it. Because if I had stopped when the first person said to stop, I wouldn't be where I am now. So it's pretty, pretty cool to see you. were a rebel. you were like, no, I'm going. (laughs) It's like, I'm gonna do it anyway. And I did it. And, you know, that's not to say I always ignore people. But, you know, I've if you want something, you know, working at it is not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, like if you're passionate about it, but someone brings you down, that's when you shouldn't listen to
0: it. If you're passionate about it, go for it. Right. You no, know, it's like dumb. They say, because I know my parents were like really against me going to game career, uh, into game <laughs> development because they're like, that's a hobby. That's not a job. Get into something that has a career. I'm like, but this is like a career kind of thing. They they still don't see it to the day like as an actual career. They're like, mm, this is not like... Like, games are going to die out in, like, a few years, so don't go into it. Oh, my I'm gosh. Like, but there's, like, a lot in that goes into games. Like, there's educational games. There's, like, fun playing games. VR is kind of growing. So, like, when I hear, like, oh, you used to work, like, for mobile games to, like, educational games to, like, now, like, indie games, like, it's just, like, a progression of kind of things, like... I want to get into, like, the, the PC games, but, like, starting out in mobile wouldn't be bad,
1: too. Like, it would be really fun. Right. And, there's, there's so many ways to get into it that you don't even think about um, until you realize, like, how much of our day-to-day is gamified. Like, there's yeah. so many different experiences in life where you don't realize they are games, and it's, it's super cool to kind mm-hmm. of see all the different avenues. There's no one... Right way to get into the game industry. There's no one success story that yeah. is how you're going to do it. So, you know, there's so many different ways to apply it that, you know, you can, like you said, make educational games or things like that, um, interactive experiences, anything yeah. like that. Um, you know, there's so many options. So it's really interesting to hear people think that it's like a hobby when there's some people who make really successful careers out of yeah. doing games. And I, I think that over time they'll evolve as well. It's not just going to be one type of thing. See, there's the other the thing is too, it's like, what is a game?
0: They kind of question, oh, no. that's like a Pandora's
1: <laughs> box of what is a game. Yeah, that's the fun part about games and that there's so many answers to that question. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> honestly
0: there isn't cuz like they when I when I talk about games, people consider like console games or like PC games, but there's also like little kids games on like online and there's like mobile games and there's just like so much stuff. It's like the game I feel like it's just a general thing cuz it's unsure what to be called. Right. So it's just like when people, that's why when people hear games, it's, like, more geared towards, like, playing games. Like, yeah, it's, like, not a lot of people come out with games, like, every year. But, like, there's a bunch of small indie games. Right. And it's saturated, but sometimes it's, like, unsaturated. And there's, like, a whole box of creativity out there that's being untapped. Right. So it's just kind of, like, interesting to hear, like, your journey to and how you <laughs> went from, like, from, like, one part. And now you're, like, and like, where exactly you want to be. So it's, like, great So my question now is, like, what keeps you
1: motivated to keep you going? I guess the idea of, you know, there's one of the biggest things in art specifically is that there are always people who are going to be better than you. And art is one of those things where oftentimes, like, I feel like I'm not performing as well as I should be. Or, you know, you see people who who might be younger than you, who are way better than you, and you're always like, oh, my God, like, this person's, like, 21, and they're making these masterpieces, and I'm almost 30, and I'm like, I can't even make those. So, you know, I, I guess the inspiration of, like, wanting to get better kind of drives me a bit it's like there's always there's always things to learn and I'm I'm almost sometimes I'm almost dumbfounded with how many things I want to get better at I'm like oh I want to do concept art but I want to do 3D models again but I want to do environment Mm -hmm. art and the problem is that there's just so many things to learn and I think like my desire to want to learn all these cool new things and try to get better at all these different skills kind of like pushes me every day to kind of get better um, just because it's there's so many things that I can get involved with and it's really exciting, it's overwhelming, but it's super, you know, it keeps me going, it keeps yeah. me wanting to improve and wanting to practice um, because there's just not enough time in the day to get all the things I want yeah. to get done, so it's, it's kind of cool to constantly have that passion to sort of chase a bunch of different things.
0: Definitely. What's your favorite type of art? Like you said, that there's concept art, there's like 3D art.
1: What's your favorite? I really love to do concept art. Uh, So like planning out what environments look like, what things in that environment look like. Um, So I'm actually currently working on doing a concept art portfolio that's more of like the the nitty gritty breakdown of like what a world might look like. Um, Because I do some concept art, but less of like world building concept art, more of like little spot illustrations of like, okay, here's what some characters might look like or things like that. Um, So I'd love to work on a project where I kind of get to set that visual direction of what this sci-fi world or fantasy world might look like so yeah. i've just been working on doing products and one of my current projects right now is a uh, i'm redoing the visual direction for a game that i played when i was really younger called croc which is like this old platformer game uh, that i played on the computer back in like 99 or something like that like really long time ago Um, And I played on the PC and it's of course super low poly like old game (laughs) and the budget was super, you know Our technology was just not there yet So I'm kind of taking that and reimagining it um, with a concept art project to kind of like bring it up to this day and age Um, I have you heard of Spyro? No. Yeah, it's like a dragon um, It's like a dragon game. that was kind of the same deal came out on the PlayStation, uh, but they just released a remastered trilogy of it. I think I might have heard of it. Yeah, it's like a little purple dragon. Yeah. That's one of my favorite games growing up. Um, so it was really cool to kind of see a game that I remember playing and then they, they just made it look pretty. So it's the exact same yeah. game, but they've upped the visuals. They've kind of changed the world that it exists in. Um, so I love to see those kind of reimagined, which kind of inspired me to do that croc project. So it's been kind of cool to sort of take what I love and bring it up to like yeah, my visual a bunch style, of which is games. really fun.
0: Like, the recent one, Resident Evil 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yup. <laughs> the, the newer polished one is coming up, and it's like, when I told my friends, I was like, oh, I want to play the new one. They were like, wait, what? <laughs> They're like, you want to play the old game? I was like, no, they are getting a new remastered game, and I think it's pretty awesome to, like, bring old games kind of back into it for the nostalgia. Right. Um, I got into games really late, so, like, most of them are pretty recent. Mm-hmm. But um, just seeing, like, old games kind of come new and, like, getting to learn what everybody else played
1: back that's pretty nice it's super cool to experience games that you might not have played growing up as well like yeah. i like i'm like you i got into games pretty late in my life i didn't play them that much as a kid yeah. so it's kind of nice to take games that people might have really loved when they were younger and play them now like they're making it very accessible with like the you know super nintendo classics that are like yeah. the new they have like 50 games in them and you can kind of play the old games that maybe you missed or didn't get to experience so i think there's a magic to kind of experiencing it now that you're an adult and like kind of Know what games are like, how they're made. It kind of gives you yeah. an appreciation for maybe something that you didn't think about when you were little. Because like me, I was just like button mashing, like oh this is really fun. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm older, it's like I, I think I have a better understanding of like what went into this game, what their technical limitations were, and it's kind of cool to see them coming back and seeing kids growing up playing games that I grew up when I was younger. Yeah. Like that's super cool um, to kind of see that bridging the gap, which is really awesome. Yeah, for
0: growing up like trying to get into the game industry. Have you had any, like, issues being, like, the only girl? Because I know sometimes, like, (laughs) gosh, being the only girl trying to do this was, like, a little scary. So let's let's just dive into there a little bit. All the time.
1: (laughs) Every space ever, you're always going to be the minority, which is a really big bummer that, you know, like, gender minority folks will always be the yeah. least pervasive in that industry, just because tech itself is very masculine. Um, we kind of see it changing now. Yeah. Um, girls are kind of encouraged to go into these things a little bit earlier. But, you know, back when I was younger, that just wasn't a thing. Like, I yeah. I took a game design minor at my university. Um, I was, like, one of maybe two girls in most of my classes. One class, I was the only girl. And it was rough. And sometimes I'd raise my hand to answer a question, and people would laugh at me or just not listen to me. Even the teacher did that, which is kind of messed up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's it's kind of, it is pervasive and it is something that you kind of are always aware of. And technically, like in a lot of my jobs, if I was the only girl, if I wasn't the only girl, they would be working in like marketing or the front desk lady yeah. or like things that were just not the actual nitty gritty tech development of the sphere. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of discouraging to sort of see that. Uh, but the best thing that is you can do is just stay with it and be in the field because the more that the people in the field do get out and stay there and inspire other people to apply to it the more that'll eventually show up so you know it it does it does kind of suck to be the only one in my studio right now you know sometimes I feel lonely I'm like I'd love to have like someone else like on my team that's just not a guy would be really great like I'll take anybody so you know it can be it can be kind of discouraging in a way that you don't normally think about because at the end of the day you know it's as long as people are bringing diverse experiences it's fine but you know you kind of miss that voice you kind of miss that camaraderie of like another girl or some non-binary person you know just someone to just like be with you (laughs) because just working in all tubes is you connect more with
0: like your own gender sometimes right right? (laughs) even though they say like girls fight all the time but like yeah (laughs) but we know that's not
1: always true True. so and a lot of it is taught to you is like oh you have to grow up to not like other girls and you know i I grew up a tomboy so for me i was like i don't want to be like girls because girls are blah 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 but then you realize that you're kind of conditioned into that and you're told to think that and i was like but i have so many strong female friendships now that like are not arguing or not competitive. Yeah. You realize that that's a little crock. <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of taught that from being a little girl that you know girls are gonna just fight each other. And you know, you know I see more infighting with men than I do with women a lot of the time. So you know it's it's kind of it's kind of nice to reconsider what you're told is is the norm and kind of reimagine that because a lot of the times that's just not the case. And you know yeah. challenging your own perceptions of things is always really smart, especially in the game industry um, and trying to encourage. Uh, getting people involved and, you know, asking your boss to hire women or, you know, trying to get more people into your space that are not yeah. the typical standard. Yeah. Plus, I the, I feel like the
0: more girls that go into, like, the game industry and, like, come out and have, like, articles or something that highlights a girl's, like, kind of achievements would be kind of great because, like, now I can, like, look up to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, look up to somebody that I know is, like, oh, well, she made it. I can make it, too. So, so stuff like that is, like, a great thing that I really want to see more of. Right. But it's really, like, hidden. Like, all <laughs> the girls are hidden in the game industry. And I understand, like, sometimes, like, people are just, just naturally are hidden. Like, you know. But I wish, like, there was a more much more easier way where people, like, can highlight like, certain achievements and stuff like that. Right. Because then it makes it seem more easier to kind of, like, ease into, like, going to game development.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a challenge too because a lot of a lot of the environment can still feel pretty toxic in a professional standard. Like sometimes you get talked over as a woman. Sometimes your opinion doesn't matter as much, and people say, "Oh, that doesn't happen anymore," but it's not really true. Like we see it all the time um, with like riot games, for example. There's Mm. a whole history of sexual harassment at the company and bro culture and these things that are kind of pervasive. So even if we do have women who start that job, they don't stay there long because the industry just isn't very friendly to them or they have to deal with harassment on the internet or Mm. any number of things. So I think that in in conjunction with just getting more female figureheads and getting more women involved is just making the industry more friendly to women overall and, Mm. and other gender minority folks because we don't want to kind of get them there and then they're miserable there because it's a bro culture and guys talk over them and they yeah. don't listen to them and you know it's, it's very hard to be that front runner so it's, it's really important to have these, these figureheads and these women who are in the industry fight to stay there and kind of make it, make it inclusive from inside out because you know if it, the culture there is not fun for people no one's going to stay there and women yeah. will not want to stay there so you know the burnout rate is very high in video games like we have crunch time and all these things and it's really important to fight the the toxic kind of structures within games first and then more women I think will start to apply as well.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I like I remember trying to get into like good gaming industry back when I was like in high school because I was like searching about stuff and then I saw like articles on like sexual harassment and stuff and that scared a living life. It is. <laughs> and you
1: know, even if I'm I'm lucky enough to not have had any traumatic experiences, but I know plenty who have. And you know, even for me, my in my first job I had my art director take credit for a lot of the work that I had done. Um, he would pass it off, be like, "Oh yeah, I did these iterations. I did all these things," but I had actually done them. And he was my art director, so I wasn't gonna stand up and say, "You took my work." Like, who's gonna, who are they gonna listen to? The, the art director or me? Like, I was just hired, you know. So, it, even if you don't have like really scary stories, there are microaggressions like that that do happen in the industry, and they're you know, it's it's kind of intimidating. It's kind of scary, but. You know, if anything, I feel really lucky because I, I don't have a lot of that in my life. Um, yeah. I've had little micro things every now and again, but in my studio, especially right now, is like my team is very open to the things I have to say. Um They I'm part of every conversation. I'm a yeah. lead on a project, so you know I don't I don't feel like I'm not listened to, which is really great. And yeah. I know that that's not the norm for a lot of studios, so you know I'm lucky in that regard that I get to be in an inclusive environment that cares about what I say, lets me say what I say. Yeah. I'm a very opinionated person, so it's kind of nice to be with people who tolerate my views and tolerate yeah. my desire for diversity and inclusivity and things like that so I, I feel like I lucked out a lot that a lot of people don't get that in the industry but I think it's changing I do think that there are people who are fighting for the right thing now which is really yeah. important
0: definitely and like I've heard like on the internet it's like oh if because if, you know like there's a lot going with the esports kind of thing with girls but like that's separate like I just feel like girls just don't naturally want to be in there but like when it comes to things like this it's like not all girls are like strong like that like i know i wouldn't be strong like i feel like i would be trampled over easily and it's just and it gets unfun it's like oh well if you're going through this it's like oh guys go through it as well like yes but it's more easier for a girl to just give up than a guy to keep like doing going ahead because like you get fed up with it and then i just you get bottled it up and then that's it yeah let's go and i feel like guys can like ease with it more and like they can stand up stronger because that's just who they are that's just more masculine kind of thing and they have buddies to back them up for girls it's like all right where's my girls like (laughs) who's gonna back me up and it's just like it doesn't happen and that's why I feel like there should be a lot more girls and it should the environment should change a lot more because like sometimes yeah it's like we'll talk we'll like emphasize it but like it's not the same thing when there's nobody else backing you up and it's a little bit different when a girl backs
1: you up than a guy backs you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, and I'll note it's important, though, to have men who are in the industry now kind of be more open to the struggles that women are going through and being able to kind of change, like, if not back up, but also encourage their buddies to be a little bit more understanding, to listen yeah. to women more often because a lot of culture is like – they kind of like pat themselves on the back and it's kind of like an endless cycle. So if a guy doesn't speak up when the other guy is being kind of crappy, they're never going to learn. So it's important for men to kind of uh, take it up with men as well because, you know, they won't always listen to a woman when they're like, hey, this is abusive. This is dangerous. They might just blow you off. But when a guy says that to you, you kind of have to open your eyes a little bit more. So it's really important too for men to kind of change the industry as well because women can stand up for themselves all they want. But sometimes, like you said, it's not safe or some women just aren't that egregious. They're not that, you know, like, strong about it. You know, I, I used to be really scared to talk to strangers. I wouldn't talk to anyone. I would cry. Like, if someone said anything mean to me, I would just, like, break down. Yeah, and, me too. I, I, you know, those are those are very normal things. And I, I don't doubt that, you know, some women just will never want to be the ones that speak up. So sometimes you have to speak up for them. And, you know, it's really important. It's kind of like a multifold problem where, you know, the solution isn't just over with women. It's getting people to listen to women, to respect women, to kind of change the mentality of that they're just as valuable as their male counterparts. Yeah,
0: and I and granted, there's a lot of people that do consider women, and and I'm really grateful that they do that. And but there's just like that minimum, like culture in there that still gets to you. It, it's like they it just, run over.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, it, sometimes it's it can kind of taint your your idea of like your self worth as well. So even yeah. if you do find yourself in a space where you are kind of included, you still have that constant nagging feeling of like, do they think I'm annoying? Am I overspeaking? Am yeah. I overstepping? Am I you know, are they actually listening to me? Are they just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, this yeah. not you know, and it can kind of it kind of is pervasive and it, it doesn't ever leave you and, you know, I got um I got laid off from my first job. So me, I always have that constant fear in the back of my head that I'm not performing enough. They're just gonna lay me off because the other people laid me off and you you know these little things they kind of carry with you and it, it's really hard and i think it's it's even harder because you have people on the internet or guys who are just like well the wage gap doesn't exist you guys are making it oh, up my God. like women <laughs> you know just if you want to raise work harder and like they don't understand how much that isn't true and how much it's just sometimes like people's perception of things is just wrong and my biggest my biggest pet peeve is when um you get an article or something who are like oh you know this company hired this many women, and everyone's like, wow, that's really great. But then you have people saying, well, like, why don't we just hire on skill? Because what that says is they think that women are only being hired because we're pitying them because their skills are not that high, which is sexist in its own right. And they don't understand that. They don't realize that they're being the problem by saying that. Because what automatically qualifies these women? Why do you think hiring more women means you're hiring less skilled people? You're not. Like, Like, men are getting favored because that's just how it is. You know, they could have the same total thing, but... You know, it's really interesting. I found out recently that um, in orchestras, for example, like a music orchestra, they do blind auditions so they actually put a wall between the people hiring and the people playing because there used to be this whole history of sexism in the music industry where they would favor male instrumentalists and hire them so now what they do is they put carpet down so if women wear heels you don't hear them they only listen to the music which for most jobs it should be like that but you have these preset biases of a man's gonna work harder he's gonna be better at tech stuff I'm gonna hire him over this woman and people don't realize how subtle it is like yeah maybe someone's not outwardly sexist and says I hate women but you don't realize how pervasive that is and how you're like naturally taught to think that men are better at tech stuff which is just not true yeah like there's nothing there's no grain of truth to that so it's you know, it, I think it is changing, and I think that it is going for the better, but, you know, I, I think that there has to be a lot of challenging of biases. I have to challenge mine sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's very normal to kind of be self-reflective, um, but it definitely has to get there. <laughs> and it's, it's like, not an easy fight. <laughs> it, it really isn't, and I
0: completely forgot what I was going to say. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, was he, I, I took you off. No, no. <laughs>
0: um, but I have, like, seen where – oh, where it's, like – I know And, like, Girls Who code, like, I was, like, taught where it was, like, where you said, what the wage gap isn't true. Like, that's just, like, sad because there is. And they have, like, checked, like, more guys. Every time. It's, like, a guy is always much better at tech. But I feel like that shouldn't be it um yeah equality exists like girls can be equally at that but i wouldn't say i'm like a huge feminist as well like where i say like oh yeah a girl can lift like a 100 bricks like a guy (laughs) (laughs) obviously it's not like a physical labor kind of thing like tech is something that everybody can do moms dads like if they just put the effort to learn and stuff but it's it's pretty easy to grasp too it's it's not just like guys Are the best at it it's like girls can equally be the best at it and we put our efforts into it and they shouldn't be shunned for it and for um, oh this is what I was gonna say (laughs) Um, when you look at a, a job and a job description I sometimes feel like if I don't fit one certain category I won't apply yep that's why a, that's a why i would just
1: apply for it even right. it, just having one of those qualities exactly so women have to get braver with you know i i recently posted a thing we looking for artists to work at our studio and i was like even if you think that this is not what you want to do if this is not your thing apply anyway like you'd be surprised how many men just apply because like you said one thing is relevant they're like well yeah. i'm qualified and that's what it yeah. is. is like It's a difference between like bluffing it and being like, if that's one skill that you think you can learn, just apply. Because what if all of your other boxes are really strong and you're like, okay, that one, like most companies are going to be like, hell yeah, bring that person in, you know? So it's always important to encourage women to like, I I do the same thing. If I'm like not even remotely qualified, I will not touch it. Yeah. Which is so stupid because you can either learn that skill, you could be adaptive and like figure it out. Or maybe it's not as important as the other ones that you are really good at, you know? So it's always important to just kind of, It is hard to be brave, but it's important to be brave and it's important to kind of just give it a wing anyway and just see what happens because who knows, it could work out. And, you know, if it's – if you're faking it, don't do that. But there might be a guy who applies and only does one of those things and gets the job and you don't have a job, you know. So it's important to just kind of, like, take those chances.
0: Yeah, because I see it – I always see it when it's like – Um, if I don't fit it 100%, it's not for me, right? (laughs) When that's not true, but sometimes companies just put those things because like they would prefer like if you know it or either or, you know, it's like if you have this or this, it's like, it's still something that you can apply. Still, we would kind of, I feel like we're triggered to like not
1: apply to it because we don't fit 100%. (laughs) Yeah, Because <laughs> that's just conditioned to think, you know, if you're not perfect, you're not good enough. And yeah. you see a lot of that with criticism of female role models in anything, in politics and yeah. anything. Like, if, if she's not 100% perfect, she's out. Whereas yeah. men have so many flaws and we're so eager to look over them and say, okay, well, he did all these terrible things, but he's really good at this, so he's fine. But women is the complete opposite. It's yeah. like, she's really good at all these things, but she did this one thing that might not be great... She's out, you know, and it's so it's so double standard, and you know it's it's really disheartening sometimes because you do have. This pervasive idea of like I have to be perfect, I have to be perfect, and a lot of women struggle with imposter syndrome, where you know you you don't even know if you're good at what you're good at. Like Mm -hmm. I I do all these things, and I'm like I don't know. What if I'm not doing enough? What if this is fake? What if I'm faking it? I'm lying about these things. But you realize no, like I did all these things. I'm proud of all these things, and it's really important to like for women especially to kind of lend themselves pride and say I did this really cool thing. It's not being gloating. It's not bragging. It's saying I'm good at what I do. This is important and it's a really important skill to have is to congratulate yourself when you do really good things because men do it all the time you know so it's like they did the barest of minimums a plus you know and, and women have to give themselves a little bit more credit
0: sometimes yeah, and i feel like that goes in towards like again like social media like they don't emphasize girls achievements right right especially in the game development industry like it's right. so rare to find i like look up on google it's like achievements on game development it's so hard to find anything and right. I'm just like well I guess we really haven't done anything but then see that kind of brings in a drive where girls want to be like all right I feel like that should bring in like all right if there's nobody I want to become that person right so when I see like see like you like where I literally had to find you like 10 pages
1: of LinkedIn <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it makes it so hard and you know it's really discouraging too when you see like these game awards like I don't know if you watch the game awards recently yeah. but they're all male hosts, they're all male awards, they're all these people getting awards. So even if there are women out there who are working really hard, they're not getting noticed, they're not getting the same achievements. And it's really discouraging to kind of see that because like you said, you know, it could go either way. But most people are gonna say, Well, if they're not women there, I'm not supposed to be there. Like you yeah. have some people who are like, Well, I'm gonna be that person, that's that's totally awesome, you know. But yeah. for a lot of people just are not like that. That's yeah. the personality thing, you know. Some people are just not gonna fight the quo and you know, it's really important to have these people be more noticed and more out there. And there are a lot of industries that are trying to do that, like women in games is really yeah. trying to push it. Um, but you know it's it's so hard to, because I, I have a person who I really look up to. Her name is Alice, and she works in um, uh, like software programming. And crazy smart, crazy intelligent, intelligent talented. Um, but the amount of abuse that she goes through on Twitter is insane. Like, it, yeah. she posts anything and she's got 50 men, like, attacking her, what she's saying, that like she's not smart enough, all this stuff, and it's, like, so discouraging to kind of see a role model like that get abused because I'm like, well, if I speak up, if I'm louder, I have to deal with all these people harassing me and threatening me and doxing me. And, yeah. you know, you don't you don't realize, like, people just say, well, well, why don't women just speak up? And I'm like, because this happens. You have people invalidating the things that you're doing, constantly abusing you, constantly harassing. You and, like, why would anyone want to deal with that? Like, it, I don't want to log on to Twitter and get yeah. bombarded with death threats. Like, that's not, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. It's some, um, I heard like somebody's like, oh, well, that's
0: just the community, you know, that's everybody deals with be. it. <laughs>
1: I'm like, well, I then know. let's change the
0: community, exactly. stop being toxic, either to boys or to girls. Like, you should just not be that human being. And it's like, oh, yeah, but the internet's like you can't change it because it's, like, against behind the screen. They wouldn't say it to your face, but still it's kind of demeaning when they say it online and you have, like, 50 of them having it at it's the a same lot. time.
1: It's a lot, and it's discouraging, and it's super stressful to kind of, like, have to decide like well do I want to have a social community or do I want to get screamed at and like you shouldn't have yeah. to make that decision is like you know it's it's yeah it, it, the gaming industry in particular has a lot of really loud voices that are very aggressive and even to male developers even yeah. to everything like you publish a game on Steam and you have fifty people hating you because you yeah. did one thing wrong and you know it's I think it's like a toxic culture that's kind of been told. Forever that you can get away with harassing developers. You can get away with being aggressive and it does take a toll on you Like you release a game and you're terrified you like <laughs> yeah. these people are gonna destroy my game for no reason like oh It's like walking into a Mexican restaurant and then getting mad because they serve pizza or like, you know, yeah. like they don't serve pizza I'm like, well, you walked into a Mexican restaurant. Why do you want pizza? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, people don't understand that like not everything is for them and that's mm-hmm. a very pervasive very ugly thing in games is the entitlement, the idea that everything has to be for me. And it's like, no, like I don't watch certain movies because I know I won't enjoy it. You know, I don't get mad at horror films because they're not Disney films. You know, like Yeah, that's a little Yeah. It's like expecting things to be catered to you all the time. And I think that's very unique for games. And I think comics as well. You know, I I worked in comics for a little while and it's the same idea. It's, like, it's, like, the geek male dominance that, like, you know, if this isn't exactly for me, then it's garbage. I hate this person. They yeah. deserve to die. Like With the anime, too. It's, like, oh. so much fan service for guys. I know. <laughs> I know. It's. I mean, that's the thing about geekdom is, like, it's the new bro culture. It's, like, yeah. you know, they're, they're the men who, not, who are not bros. They were never in that space. But now they're kind of carving out a space that has the same toxic... Masculine ideas, but is now in the geek sphere, and it's like, yeah. you know, you're getting mad over a video game Like I love video games, but you know, you have to understand at the end of the day Like is it worth threatening a developer's livelihood because this game isn't what you wanted like it to me? It just never made sense It's like yeah. I'm not gonna give someone death threats because this game. I didn't like it like okay. I didn't like it That's fine. Maybe this person did I move on, you know a lot yeah. of men in specific don't do that You know, it becomes like a personal attack to them and it's yeah, it's not worth abusing people over <laughs> It really is. not that's
0: like a toxicity that shouldn't even have to be there, but it's still there. And I know it won't disappear completely, but like if we can tone it down and kind of like start like stepping up, like guys stepping up for the girls, like also, or just girls stepping up for the guys from those trolls, I think something like that would have been much better. Like just a supportive community. It's like, yeah, you support them in like the dark, but like you get these like guys yelling at her on Twitter. It's like, maybe speak up a bit about it. Like Again, girls are also scared of, like, speaking up about it because, like, let's say I, like, defend you, then I'm going to get those 500 right. back. And it's just, like, it's kind of continuing on over and over, and it's just, like, such a big discussion about it. It's, like, it's, it should it's a toxicity like that shouldn't have to be so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And if a game isn't what you want like, yeah, a game should be catered towards its, like, consumers of a specific niche. Like, let's say if you are trying to, like, develop it for, like, people who love sci-fi. Okay, someone who loves horror shouldn't be like no, like right. that that's catered to sci-fi people who love this. You liked it? That's great. But like if there's a horror game that's specifically for a horror game like people who love horror games, someone who's from sci-fi shouldn't like be like hating on it. Right. It's like it's a horror game. Like there's plenty of other other games and maybe you there's like a specific thing that you like about it it's it shouldn't you shouldn't be nagging at that person for to, to make a change for you because what if that change other people don't like exactly
1: <laughs> you know there's there's that whole taste of like You know, everyone feels like their their input is more valuable than the rest of everyone else. And, you know, I think that's the coolest thing about games, you know, to turn that into a positive light. is like we have more voices than ever making games. We have people who maybe aren't great at games like me. Or, you know, there's a quote from Nintendo recently where they were like, we hire people who have never worked in games because sometimes they bring a fresh insight that no one ever thought of. And I, I think that's the coolest thing about games is that you have more voices than ever as a part of the conversation. So we're starting to get more women, non-binary folks, trans folks, all these people who are bringing different things to games, which is making them even cooler. Like we're having so many different narratives, so many different types of games, like bitsy games, or they're just little pixel games, you know? And it's really, really cool to see the medium change because it's it's kind of moving away from that gritty, hardcore, only real gamers can play this. You know, it's moving away from that. And I think that that's really exciting. And that's so cool to kind of see because you know, technology is making it so much more approachable. You can watch a YouTube video and learn how to make a game. You can take play crafting classes and yeah. learn how to make a Unity game. Um, so I think it's it's making it a lot more accessible to a lot of different people, which is really cool. And it's kind of interesting to see the industry change in that direction because I think people will stick up for each other more often. And, yeah. you know, there will always be vitriol. There will always be trolls. Yeah. Like, it's just the nature of the internet, you know, the privacy of, like, no repercussions. Like, I can be as mean as I want. Yeah. Um, you know, but I do think that it should go away, and that over time, the more diverse it is, the better. And I think that those voices will become diminished, and you'll have yeah. people who are making cool, awesome things, and those will be the forefront. And it's really kind of cool to see that.
0: Yeah, it's like it's exciting, and I feel like having game, like game development, more voice, like having more, like, hmm, what's it called? Having more opportunities to kind of have a taste of what the game development industry is will help that a lot, because I feel like there's a lot of people who still don't know about game development much. I feel like they, they're they like, oh, there's just probably a guy sitting in this basement come developing this. Like, that's yes. that's, like, that's 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 like the stigma with it. And it's like, no, there's like the huge blown studios, you know, that create these kind of things. And it's like, a, it's not even a hobby. It's like a career. It's like literally you make your passion into a career. Like, you can do for anything if you truly, like, want it. Like, a YouTuber can probably, it's like now his career. You know, it's like right. everything has a career if you know how to, like, cater to it. Mm-hmm. And having people know more about it or like having more opportunities to kind of work in it will kind of grow a community that is much more nicer and much more safer and have more diversity like it's rare to find any opportunities here in new york for game development and and i have to like learn it by myself on like online and sometimes we don't have that time and sometimes we do and it's kind of it's better to just have like classes or stuff like that where i personally can go and meet other people and kind of get that encouragement back right and sitting in a classroom where it's like most of them are guys and like there's (laughs) other two girls i mean obviously i go towards the girls like hey girls like (laughs) what are you guys doing? and it's cool to see what they want to do in the gaming industry and i think it's so awesome because i'm more of like the programming side (laughs) right so i'm more like behind scenes kind of person but i think it's still a great thing to kind of have more options out there to kind of network and meet people in real life. I right. think that's very important mm-hmm. for the community. And I just hope to see more of
1: that. <laughs> I think we do see the tides kind of changing. We're starting to see more groups that are encouraging women, are safe spaces for women. And it's, it's really kind of cool to see people being more outspoken who can afford to be that way. Because yeah. obviously not every woman's going to be able to speak up. And it's yeah. really nice to have people who are brave enough to take that forefront, to kind of take it on their shoulders and be loud about it. Because... That's what we need like we're, we're not going to change anything by being passive and it's really cool to see these kind of grassroots initiatives like girls who code and girls yeah. who make games and you know even play crafting and these events that do like women in game panels and things like that you yeah. know it, it's really important and one of my one of my dreams is uh founding um i started the framework for a game artist group uh called diversity in game arts which is what i'm yeah. kind of starting to do it's kind of like a pet project it's not quite there yet, but you know, trying to get more safe spaces for women, non-binary, trans folks, um, agender age, folks, anybody who just isn't included in the overall. Yeah. male gamer bracket and kind of make a safe space for them where they can learn how to do 3D, how to do 2D, figure drawing, things like that and you know it's just really important to have people make these safe spaces for people um, because you. it's not to say that oh you know we're removed from guys forever but it's it's nice to have an environment where your voice is the dominant one and when yeah. you're not trampled over by people's opinions and things like that and especially for programming it's really important because um, those who are in games who work. Or who are women in games who tend to be artists because art is a feminine thing oh, yeah. but what's discouraging is that sometimes the bleeds are men because they're like yeah. okay you know maybe she's as good as him but he's a guy so he's the boss you know so it's nice to see women in developing and engineering and programming because yeah. those are very very notoriously no women so it's, it's really <laughs> nice to see um people kind of pushing in that envelope as well because we don't we don't see that often so it's really awesome yeah. that you're you're taking those classes and doing that you know, as an initiative, because we need more people like that. Because yeah. people get intimidated by it, and it's great yeah, that you're not. Right. Like that's awesome. Like that's really something to be I proud of. I put the front that I'm not, but I'm kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone's a little bit terrified, it's a little bit scary. And you know, the game industry is, well. You know, it's it's tumultuous. It's like you know, the industry's closed all the time, and you know, if your game doesn't get popular, it's kind of mm-hmm. rough. You know, and it's it's not it's not an industry for everybody, and it, it really is important to have. More value for your workers, you know, and to get rid of this idea of crunch time to get rid of overworking your employees to death Like there needs to be a whole conversation about how the industry is run in many different ways And I think that more now than ever uh, people are talking about it like riot, you know, the whole sexual harassment thing um, talking about crunch time and all that like I think that Opening the spotlight on these narratives is kind of exposing how kind of terrible it can be sometimes. And I think that that is only going to yield change. That's only going to yield people who are pissed off, kind of done with it. We're just like, things need to change. And I I think that that's, although it's scary, it's super valuable. It's super valuable to start opening these narratives up to people.
0: Definitely. And I think highlighting everybody's achievements and kind of like allowing more people into an industry would be a lot better. Right. To kind of fix that. And I think that's just a great start. Just to have more awareness of it. Mm-hmm. Having more girls want to be part of it. Because I feel like if more girls are exposed to it. And like, hey, it's not just a guy culture. Like, there's girls can be in it. I feel like it'll it'll drive an initiative towards it. Right. That definitely drove me trying to go into <laughs> it. And it's like, nope, no stopping here. No, We still got to keep going. There's still work to be done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And I think that's just awesome. So... Um, is there any cool projects that you're up to up to now or like anything you want to like
1: spoil? <sighs> <laughs> nah, unfortunately I'm in NDA land so we're working on the next big project which is coming out with our studio which is really exciting so mm-hmm. we should be launching that uh, at the end of the year which is pretty great. Um, I'm participating in my first uh, Global Game Jam this month, which is kind of scary. So going to be three days of not sleeping and making video games, so it should be a great time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's always, there's always stuff going on, always some cool projects. Uh, I mean, I've been trying to stay involved with pick crafting and going to all these expos and demo nights and things like that. So it's yeah. always really fun to get involved with. But... Yeah, unfortunately, super zip left secret land, which I can't share the work. But hopefully, we should be announcing it pretty soon. So it should be pretty cool.
0: Hopefully, we can help you announce it too. Yeah,
1: see, that'd be awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, thank you so much for being here, Justine. Um, Is there anywhere, if any way, like any girls want to reach you out, like for any encouragement?
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime anyone needs any help, you can just reach out to me. Let me know. I'm pretty good with answering questions, and uh, I guess you can share my Twitter handle. And if anybody needs any help or advice, you know, the best advice I can give is just keep at it and stay at it, and you know, always look for support in other people because there there are more people out there willing to help you than aren't. And I think that the more you go to these events and meetups, and you know, just reach out to people you respect, and you know, I've met so many people from Twitter just by reaching out and saying hey. And I've met role models that I found it really cool and. The more present you are, the more people you'll get out there to help you. And I think just staying involved and being as active as you can is a really great start. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys in two weeks. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>